Oh, hi, audience. What's up? It's Greg Stero here to introduce you to the True Blue Riffcast, where they talk about amazing movies, bad movies, and everything in between. So you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. I am Jeremy, and with me, as always, is... You're Jeremy. Yes, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Dave. And you're Dave. And this is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one Riffcast podcast in the world. In the world. <laughs> it's been uh, been a little while. Yeah, I think the last time we were here was when uh, the Kickstarter uh, went off. Yeah. Uh, last weekend, things were not... Uh... Yeah, things weren't that great. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. Uh, So we so we just decided, uh, screw it. We're going to (laughs) wait. And we did. Yeah. We're like, uh, we just had an episode a couple days ago and then an episode the day before that. Yeah, probably good. So what you been up to, Dave? Well, I'll tell you what I haven't been up to doing a podcast. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I've just um I played the Final Fantasy VII demo today. Ooh. And my goodness, that is a gorgeous game. I uh I also noticed uh last week that you had a new uh SRD movie night. Well that's not that one wasn't new. That was SRD's movie night number four that me oh, and was number four. Yes, number four. We've done, right now we're probably gonna do number sixteen here soon. I'm not sure. I don't know what team it's going to be with, and I'm not sure what movie it's going to be. So <laughs> I basically know nothing. But if you go to youtube.com slash Sugar Ray Dodge, you can check out the 2016 riff, SRD's movie night number four, Mega Man. Uh, that's finally up, back up. It's been unavailable for a couple of years because of copyright reasons. But now I think that guy's just forgot about me. So... <laughs> Uh yeah, so go there, check it out. It's 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 pretty good. It's me and Vinny the AOL call guy Ferrari. And uh we riff the Mega Man fan film from twenty ten. It's about four years old, so uh you know it's just um if you hear any dated references, like I'm sure you will, just remember it wasn't it wasn't recorded yesterday. It was recorded four years ago yesterday. So get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that that makes a little bit more sense. Uh Speaking of of copyrights and people who may have forgotten about you, uh, 10 years ago, we had the premiere of Birdemic Shock and Terror. Woo! Wait a minute. No, you're wrong. It was nine years ago. No. Not according to to, uh, Movie Head Pictures' Twitter account. Oh, I thought you meant the dang Riff Tracks. No, Uh, no, no. I mean the movie itself. The movie itself was released on DVD? It was the world premiere 10 years ago. Oh, wow. On March 1st. Yeah. Screw James Wen. Wow. <laughs> uh, he might be losing his mind a little bit more. Yeah, didn't you? You showed me the other day something on Twitter. See, it seems like I should be the one that's stalking that guy on Twitter. <laughs> but it's really Jeremy. I just wanted to see if there was anything more about that Earth, uh, Earth twenty seventy five seventy five, which we never heard anything about, James. We were supposed Come to on, get uh, we we're supposed to get a trailer and a poster. And WTF, a man! Yeah, I was say he's working on a book. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's weird. 
That's weird. Like, 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 what is that? What is that about? Like, it's it's something that's like super weird. That's like the only thing I know about. Yeah, it. the name of the book is Life Expectancy One Hundred Plus: How to Live to Age One Hundred Plus. James Wen is like fifty. He's got this thing in here about: uh, Do you want to live to the age of one hundred plus, a centenarian, or even a super centenarian? Then you have to read James' book and watch his documentary film, Life Expectancy 100+. Oh my gosh, it's a documentary? Life Expectancy 100+, system. Okay, hang on. I didn't read this one before. (laughs) It will be used to make uh, Alan, the guy who played Rod, to look years younger because Birdemic 3 cannot afford million-dollar de-aging visual effects (laughs) like Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Wait a minute, what? What does <laughs> What does the Irishman have to do with Pandemic 3? Oh James <laughs> What a dick <laughs> Wait a minute, what's the name uh, of this documentary? Uh it is Life Uh Life Expectancy One Hundred Plus. Okay. So I have living to 100. I don't see anything about him. Let's put Life Expectancy Plus and his stupid name. It will be released before the end of 2020. Oh, right. Sure. <laughs> so we can look forward to that in about three years. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or never. Maybe sometime after Birdemic 3, Sea, sea Eagles. Sea Eagle. Now he said. Now on his Facebook, on his Facebook earlier this year, he said, "Happy 2020 when Pandemic Three finally goes into production." (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. Oh, James. I'm pretty sure he's forgotten about me. So screw him. Uh, In other news, I bought a slap chop last week. That's what Uh, I've been doing. A freaking slap what? A slap chop. What is a slap chop? You don't remember the uh, infomercial for slap chop with Vince Offer? I sure don't. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> we uh, were shopping at a thrift store, and I saw it. And it's going to be going to uh, my family white elephant uh, party uh, for Christmas this year. Someone's going to walk Please away say. with a slightly used slap chop. Okay, I'm looking at this thing. Wow. So you put stuff in it and it just cuts it up. You slap it and it chops it. That's what, wow, that's, that's called dumb. A slap chop. <laughs> right? It's it's extremely stupid and useless. What happened but... to use? Oh, he's the ShamWow guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Same guy. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Um You've been buying from... slap chops from the yes. ShamWow guy. <laughs> from from thrift stores. Uh no, you know, in between uh uh applying for jobs. Ah yes. It's one of those. So did you watch any Rift Tracks at all this past week? I did, Dave. I watched the brand mm. new release, Velvet Smooth. Oh. And that's very much uh, an attempt to make a movie. So um, I heard that um, Velvet Smooth has quite a lot in common with another uh, uh, Rift Tracks release, uh, the guy from Harlem. 
Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, we will be talking about that shortly, along with the winner of our last patron poll from about a week and a half ago, uh, Viva Knievel. Viva. Viva Knievel. And Viva. If we... Viva. Oh, God. Viva Knievel. <laughs> And if we have time or feel like it, uh, we might talk about uh, hijacked flight. What is it? Oceanic 815. That's hijacked flight 285. And we're definitely talking about that. (laughs) Let's take a look at the weekend box office. Number one movie of last weekend, The Invisible Man, which actually looks kind of creepy. And I've heard I've never even I didn't even know such a thing was out. Yeah, it looks good. Like they, it looks like they took it in an interesting direction. Uh, number two movie, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, the Call of the Wild somehow coming in at number three. Yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> I think it looks terrible. Like everything is CG and it's just awful. Even Harrison Ford's face. Yeah, it just doesn't look good. Uh, number four, My Hero Academia Heroes Rising. Which is interesting that that came in at fourth place because as a limited release uh, anime. Movie. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is weird. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 92% uh, rating, but it's not certified fresh. What? What's that? Uh, okay. One? My Hero Academia, uh-huh. Heroes Rising. Uh-huh. It has a 92% tomato meter score, huh. but it's not certified fresh. That's weird. That is weird. Maybe because it only has 24 reviews. That could be. Might not have enough. Possible. Yeah. And rounding up the top five, Bad Boys for Life. And Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn uh, is going down a lot. Yeah. It's because no one's seeing it. And then somehow the Impractical Jokers movie cracked the top ten. Which See, I like I don't even know how that's a movie. Neither do I. I guess you'll have to uh, go see it and find out. How about I and wait to watch favorite, it on uh, Vimeo in two years? Oh, there you go. Our favorite uh, Tiger Nut Punching Gorilla movie, Doolittle, is down to 16th place. Oh, right. That's still a thing. Yep. Somehow. I don't I I don't get it. I never and got around course, to seeing it. Of course, right now the Rift Tracks Live twenty twenty Kickstarter is still going strong. We've got eighteen days to go as of uh March March second. And they've uh, gone through over half of the uh free shorts stretch goals the ones that everybody gets even if you just pledge a dollar yeah i think i have all these shorts i mean i do but i know you do (laughs) i have i have every short dave all of them even the ones that you can't buy just like i have every feature and there's there's bound to be more stretch goals to come they usually do uh the ones for like uh, just the jokes, riffs, and uh, one or two VODs. Sometimes we better get "It's a there. Wonderful Life" this year. Damn it! Well, it should at least be on there as a stretch goal. We always get really close, and every year it inches closer and, then, and closer and closer, and then we don't get it. 
It's the Holy Grail. In fact, we should bring that up with uh, somebody who may or may not be on our show next week. Yes. Yes, we are. We are. As of right now, we have a special guest scheduled for next week's episode. We're not going to tell you who that is yet. You're going to have to keep an eye on the uh, podcast Twitter account at TB Riffcast or the uh, Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash true blue Riffcast. If you want to find out ahead of time who our special guest is going to be. Definitely not somebody we talk about all the time. No. Yeah. Well, Dave, I guess, uh, I guess we need to move on to velvet smooth now. Yes. Um, or as I like to call it, the girl from Harlem, the girl from Harlem. Basically that's what this is. Um, in, in, Almost every conceivable way, from the the style of movie, the action in the movie, and the riffs. This is probably going to be an instant classic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that it resembles the guy from Harlem so much. Now, this one, it's a little bit harder to follow the story on this one. According to the Wikipedia... <laughs> because I had to, I had to look this up, and there is. Hey, I had to do that little... with. Hey, don't feel bad. I had to do that with the visitor to find out what was going on. There is there is a little uh, two short paragraphs about this movie, and okay. this is this is what it says. Somebody's running a takeover on crime lord King Lathrop's operation <laughs> using Bogarts <laughs> in Hannibal Lecter lookalike masks, clueless. King Lathrop calls private detective Velvet Smooth for help. With the help of her friends Rhea, a lawyer, and Frankie, she infiltrates the criminal underworld to investigate. Velvet finds this may be an inside job led by King Lathrop's man, Calvin. (laughs) When Velvet reports this to Lathrop, he denies it at first, but the problems come closer to Calvin. Hurt by it all, Lathrop fires Calvin. Although Lathrop thinks Calvin masterminded the takeover on his own, Velvet remains unconvinced and seeks further to find out who was the man behind the man. <laughs> and Sorry, I'm just thinking about the movie. Oh. Anyway, continue. That's it. Oh, I <laughs> thought there was more. Out- well, there is more in the movie. We do find out who the man behind the man is. Spoiler alert! It's a dirty cop. Um, not that anybody needs that for a movie that came out in 1976. So, which is better, this or the guy from Harlem? Uh, movie-wise. Like yeah, movie-wise. Actual going, actual movie quality. Yeah, going actual movie quality. I think I know which one, but I just want to make smooth. sure. Okay. All right. Well, it's smooth. It's got a little bit better production. A little bit. Like in certain areas, the production is a little bit better. Uh, it looks maybe slightly more professional. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but that's the only way I can describe it. Okay. So, does anybody punch um, a person in the face that's dressed up like a woman in this movie? No. That's not really a woman. No. Okay. That and doesn't happen. So my next question would be, does anybody order any burnt burnt steak and um, chain bee scotch? 
No, that does not happen okay. either. However, um, that is one of the rifts when Velvet Smooth is, I think when Velvet Smooth is leaving, I don't know. Somebody was leaving King's office and they drop a riff that uh, he's going to be meeting with the guy from Harlem and they're going to order some well-done steaks. Ah, so my next question would be, does Harry Dubod show up at any point? No, unfortunately. Pass! <laughs> you called me, they probably heard of me. My name is Harry Dubod. <laughs> I I would say that this movie, um, the fight choreography is right on par with the guy from Harlem. No! Yeah, it's it's about as good as the guy from Harlem. Oh, There's, wow. Some of the like weakest moves from everybody involved. It looks like they're almost punching in slow motion, but it's not in slow mo. It's regular speed. There's a scene in a pool hall where a couple people are fighting with pool cues, and it is the slowest molassesy molassesy. That's a word now. Uh, fight scene that I've ever seen molassi yes it's very very slow moving and uh yeah it's <laughs> it's that bad it's that bad oh my gosh wow i'm just thinking about the big the big final brawl <laughs> if you can even call it that <laughs> in in the warehouse between uh velvet smooth ria frankie and a police lieutenant who is not a dirty cop uh, <laughs> against the dirty cop and his horde of men. And Oh my God, Dave, it is, it is an amazing sight. Wow. There's a lot of this movie that my brain did not retain when I watched it. Even because, though I because was it's really obviously black exploitation. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's plenty of those tropes abounding. Yeah. Yeah, all the all the tropes that you could think of. Like half the time it feels like it's gonna, you know, go into a porn movie. Just like yeah, in the guy. Yeah, from geez. And yeah, with a, a female lead? There's a couple scenes where you're just like, uh is this is this gonna go someplace? That... It's like and then you and then you wanna nope out. Yeah. But thankfully yeah, that... it doesn't it doesn't go there. Or if it no, did, no. they they cut it out like they did in the guy from Harlem. Yeah. Wait. Wait, no, are you serious? Yeah. Tell me that tell me that's something I didn't know about the guy from Harlem is that they actually You did know that because we talked about it <laughs> on the podcast. No, wait, no, I know that I know that I found that out about Samurai Cop. Uh-huh. But in the guy from Harlem there they actually There's boobs. Oh no. Yep. There's boobs and they cut it out, thankfully. Well, uh. So I I'm not uh, I'm not brave enough to watch through Velvet Smooth unrift to see if they edited boobs out of that movie. Also, I'm not watching the guy from Harlem to see to see any of those boobs. Yeah, no, it's not anything you actually want to see. Yeah, but even more so in Velvet Smooth. Probably. Yeah. Probably is the best I got for that, Dave. All right, so um, thumbs up or thumbs down on Velvet Smooth? Oh, big thumbs up. All this right. is one you guys should definitely all check out. It's Like I said, it's going to be a, an instant classic for a lot of people, especially if they like the guy from Harlem. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't say anything offensive. It was just a really stupid joke. And I was like, it was Jeremy, just really bad. Yeah, take that out. No one wants to hear that. Not even the patrons are going to hear that one. Speaking of bad, yeah. let's move on to our next movie yeah. called Hijacked Flight 285. You know, I'm going to be honest before you start getting into particulars about this movie. I made it about 15 minutes into this movie before I fell asleep. <laughs> it's like, no, but like, OK, I believe you about that because this movie is wholly unremarkable. <laughs> like, OK. The movie is just like it's it's probably the most it's it's probably the week now we all love pancakes. We all love pancakes. But this is probably the weakest uh movie Rift Tracks has done. As far as Ooh. just like it's just like it's like it's like it's it's like the Hallmark channel wanted to do twenty four, but 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 just like oh well no, we can't have anything too exciting on our network. <laughs> So well, because this this was a made for TV movie mm -hmm. uh, from nineteen ninety something, and it has. But look, it has all these these okay stars. It has people that we know in it. I don't know if you can really call them stars. <laughs> so it has it has James Brolin, whose entire whose entire performance he's just sitting down the whole time. I would consider him to be a, a star. Enough people know who he is, I think. Right. Well, he he probably has the most star power between him and Ali Sheedy. Um, but uh, it has Bill Cosby's father from the Cosby show in it. Uh, his wife dies. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's so uh, I mean, you got that to look forward to. It has Anthony Michael Hall. As the guy who hijacks the plane, <laughs> which that's like the weirdest casting that they could possibly. Did you do. know that Anthony Michael Hall was in The Dark Knight? Uh, no, I did not. Because I found that out on IMDb, and I was like, "What?" It's been a while. It's been a couple years since I've watched Dark Knight, and I saw The Dark Knight many times in theaters. Like I, like I, I, I assume a lot of people did. I think I saw it like seven times in the theaters because I'm a chump. Um, and then actually, actually the dark Knight was my first riff tracks. Fun fact. Um, but I saw it, it was on his IMDb and I was just like, I don't remember him from that movie at all. But in this movie, uh, he's like this death row inmate that they have to move. And yeah, they, he's yeah. A, he's a convicted murderer. Yeah. So they put him on a plane they put him on a, a commercial airliner with other uh, passengers, which just seems like, I don't know, does the prison system do that? <laughs> I mean, I saw it in the X-Files one time, but it just, it just seems to me like that the Department of Justice should uh, probably, like, like, if they have to move death row inmates. If Hollywood has taught me anything, they have their own airplane that they fly their convicts on. Yeah, from... Through the yeah, air. To, like, specifically to avoid them being out among free people and, you know, hijacking airplanes. It seems to me... That that would be uh, the worst thing you could do is to put someone like that on an airplane. So 
Right. So he hijacked. He hijacks a plane, and um, Dad from Family Ties is there too. Uh, or, as as other people would know him, Bert from the Tremors movies <laughs> that are somehow still being made. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. So he's a wheelchair guy <laughs> in this. He's differently abled. Um, and he dies, and there's nobody mourns him at the end of the movie. So that's is, is fun. He the only person who dies in this movie? No. Or, I mean, aside from from uh, Brolin's wife. There's there there's another guy, uh, this uh, chunky coward, <laughs> who uh, cowardly <laughs> runs away from the danger when given the opportunity. Uh, and, uh, they bring him back to the airplane and kill him. Uh, you know, which is just weird because up to that point, nobody has been killed and they kill that guy for no, for having the audacity to try to escape. And so they kill him. It's just like, oh yeah, well, you just, you just screwed yourselves. And, you know, Ali Sheedy's not going to like that. (laughs) Um... But it's just like, it, dude, the, the movie, like, I just told you all the exciting parts. You know, uh, everything else, man, just, yeah. Uh, the terrorists break into the cockpit, and uh, James Brolin is like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Oh, well, whatever, do what you want. You know, it's 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 one of those. But Anthony Michael Hall, his plan... He gave his plan about as much thought as D.B. Cooper did, um, <laughs> which is none at all. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to hijack this plane and I'm going to have them take me someplace else. And then I'm going to jump out to my death. Uh, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, how did you think this was going to end for you, Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Anyway, hijacked flight 285. Riff is great, but it's probably it is probably the most unremarkable movie in the history of Riff Tracks. In fact, I'm amazed I found this much to say about the movie itself. I mean, it's great for riffing fodder, but the movie is just yeah. so unremarkable. It's so like it just it defies it defies comprehension of just how like, I wouldn't even say it's bad. I mean, it is, it is a bad movie, but just how, how just nothing it is. Like it's, it's not exciting. Like there's nothing. What, what movie has more action in it? This or when a stranger calls back? Oh, uh, Oh, this definitely. (laughs) Okay, so at least it's got that going for it. Yeah, at least yeah, yeah. It has more act. It has more action than when a as. Yes, <laughs> welcome back from the edit, everybody. It has it has more action in it than uh, when it when a stranger calls back. In that, uh, people go up and down the stairs to board the airplane. <laughs> well, we do have a movie to talk about that has a little bit more action in it. Oh, significantly the, more action. It was the winner of our last patron poll. Viva Knievel. Viva. Viva Knievel. Viva. Viva. 
Viva Knievel. Now, if you thought that, that hijacked Flight 285 or whatever had a lot of recognizable names in it, you this were one wrong. Beat by a ton. Because here's, yeah. here's the list of people that, that you are all going to at least recognize these names. That okay. Evil Knievel trick to be in his stupid movie. Obviously, Evil Knievel's in it. Uh, Frank Gifford, a Rift Track staple, Cameron Mitchell. Woo! Uh, another semi Rift Track staple, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. In I another know. movie where he plays the bad guy, which is like. He was in Day of the what? Animals. Oh, this was in the 70s. This was before Airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Red Buttons, who mo- less people are going to recognize this name. He's from, you know, previous generation comedian. Uh, Lauren Hutton and Gene Kelly. Wow. Also, for all you Star Crash fans out there, and I know there's a few <laughs> because it's amazing how much we talk about Star because Rift that Rift Tracks has never done Star Crash, but Star Crash is a frequent topic of discussion on this podcast. Uh Marjo Gortner, also known as um what was his name in Star Crash? Afro Man. Um He's uh, killed by the golems. Acton. Acton. Yeah. He's not David Hasselhoff. No. That's just like, that's like, you know, like if you've never seen Marjo Gortner before and you're watching <laughs> Star Crash and you know David Hasselhoff is coming up in it and you can look at Marge and you can like kind of be forgiven and be like, oh, I guess that looks like David Hasselhoff. Maybe. I don't know. If you squint but really yeah. hard. Yeah. Anyway, Viva Knievel. <laughs> so it's uh, the movie starts off. For those of you who don't know, Evil Knievel was this daredevil douchebag from the 70s uh, that jumped over Snake River Canyon in 1974 and became a big deal. And didn't he beat someone with a baseball bat? <laughs> I didn't know this until after I watched <laughs> this this time around. I knew that he beat somebody with a baseball bat, but. It was after this movie. In fact, let's go ahead and jump to that part. Uh, The film premiered in June of 1977. This is from Wikipedia, everybody. The film premiered in June of 1977, three months before Knievel and his associates attacked Shelley Saltman with with an aluminum baseball bat on (laughs) September 21st, 1977, with Knievel losing most of his sponsorship and marketing deals as a result of bad publicity, you think? The film became much less commercially attractive, only opening in four further international markets after Knievel's conviction. Well, in addition, when when you're when you're beating on a guy with an aluminum baseball bat and you're shouting, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And shattering the dude's arm and wrist. Like before he fell unconscious. But it's like, so. Oh, but okay, look, I wanted everybody to know that before we get into the actual. Uh... <laughs> but I guess that's what killed his career. Um, uh, yeah, because he went ba- he went bankrupt after that. Yeah. Um, Evil Knievel starts off the it starts the movie off. It he's literally being Santa Claus to a bunch of orphans in this. In this uh, 
at this orphanage. He comes to him in the middle of the night. He has this big box, and I think he gives them all, like, action figures of him or something. And it's like he's, like, giving them all, like, motorcycle toys or Evil Knievel toys. And this nun comes in and says, <laughs> Evil Knievel, I thought I told you not to come in here and play and, you know, and bring some happiness into these children's lives. You know? <laughs> That really happens. Yep. And so, and then for the, and then for the next forty-five minutes, it's like this build-up to uh, this evil Knievel is literally going to jump over a cage of uh, hungry lions. <laughs> Which, like, come on! If he fails this and falls short, yeah. all he's going to so, do yeah. is screw up some lions with his motorcycle. Yeah. So anyway, so he jumps over. No, okay. So before the jump, he's like, I just wanted to say that I'm worried about the drug epidemic here in America and don't do drug kids, which is fine. But, you know, yeah. you really shouldn't be out there moralizing if you're beating people up with baseball bats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I say don't do drugs. I'm like, No, no, I'm all for, I, you know, because I, I was born in 1980. I was I was brought up in, in the time when just say no was what was taught. And I still yep. agree with that hundred percent. Yep. But you probably shouldn't be moralizing to people when you're, when you're literally beating other people up anyway, <laughs> with baseball bats and then going to jail and going bankrupt. I mean, unless he's doing it and, and he's doing it to say, you know, stop doing drugs. Wah, wah, wah. Yes. Like... <laughs> stop doing drugs or I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so he makes a jump and he, he clears the line. It really wasn't even that impressive of a jump because, no. like, the lions weren't even raised or anything. It's just like they were just, like, on level. Like, the top of the cage was on level with the ramp. Yeah. So he was really in no danger at all. Anyway, so he jumps, he clears it, and he comes down. And you can kind of tell that, because obviously it's a movie, when he crashes, he doesn't really crash. He just kind of like pushes the bike out from under himself. Yeah. And then just kind of like lands on his lands on his fanny and just like rolls. So he was like never in any real danger. He just just kind of like pushes the bike out from underneath him. He had to make it look good. Yeah. He got out and um he's like, "Oh, he's leaving under Frank Gifford's like he's leaving under his own power. Oh, everyone give a hand for uh, evil can evil, right?" And then so he's talking about um, retiring. I'd be like, that may just have been my last jump. Yeah, sure, evil, whatever. And then I forget how, but Leslie Nielsen and his friends, they all end up in Mexico somehow. <laughs> oh, no, wait, he's doing a jump down in Mexico. Yeah. So they bring Evil Knievel down to Mexico. And because Evil Knievel has such a great image, like Customs is never going to search Evil Knievel's end, so we're going to line his the insides of his truck with all this, with all these drugs. And like, that's, that's the plan. And, uh, it, it somehow goes haywire and, um, Knievel ends up chasing all these guys around. Uh, and, uh, he reunites his, his, uh, his pit crew captain's long lost son with him. Yeah. So he's a meddler too. <laughs> so I just wanted you guys to be happy. So anyway, he beats the drug. He, <laughs> Beats the drug guys somehow. I forget. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, but it doesn't matter because it's just effing ridiculous. 
we could read the uh, whole Wikipedia thing for the plot, but frankly, it's way too long. Yeah. <laughs> way too long and complicated. Complicated, and it's kind of uninteresting, you know? It's Yeah, it's like this movie without the rift. Like, I would not watch this. I would not watch this movie unrift. I just no. wouldn't do it. No way. Uh, number one, it's way too long. Uh, and it's, you know, it's forced and stupid. It's still like, you know, it's from 2013. The riff is, which is, you know, I've said before, it's one of the, uh, greatest like content years that riff tracks has ever had. So, uh, it was right when they started, it was like right after cool as ice and McBain, when they were getting like these, um, big, I mean, for riff tracks anyway, these relatively big licensed, uh, movies, that we yeah. really weren't able to get before. Uh, and they've been doing that for, oh gosh, it's been seven years now. Um, and it's what they're still doing and it's, and it's, and it's great, but this is one of the, this is one of the very, very first ones of those. So, um, and I think it's a, I think it's a forgotten classic. I think people don't, you know, when they, even when they think about like 2013 or even riff tracks in general, Viva, Viva Knievel doesn't come up with like cool as ice or the guy from Harlem or you know even McBain. Well, and that's or, and that's the thing yeah. because it came out um, just a couple weeks after Cool as Ice. Well, yeah. I guess like a month and a half, and then yeah. the next week it was followed by the Apple. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why because yeah. the Apple probably just completely blew it out of the water. Yeah, um, and then I think like about a month after that, it was Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yep. Right after so cycle it's just, two, yep. So there was there was a lot in that short period of time that yep. that easily overshadowed this riff. But this but this riff is outstanding. So oh, yeah. go and get it. It's only it's only ten bucks. So <laughs> welcome back from the edit, everybody. Viva Knievel was the winner of our last patron poll, and so now we have to add another movie to the poll to take its place. Uh, it's still going to include the wizard and the last shark but now we are going to be adding in the uh uplifting and super happy movie zindy the swamp boy zindy the swamp boy one of my one of my favorites oh my gosh especially it might have i haven't watched that one in a long uh, time i think i watched it about a a year maybe two years ago but i've seen it man Guys, if you have guys have not seen Cindy the Swamp Boy, you are missing out on a treat. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's not quite Swamp of the Ravens until the very, very end. So yeah, if you if you want to vote on that, uh, patreon.com slash true blue riffcast uh, for as little as two dollars a month. You can support us and you can tell us what to do. And you can get outtakes and some ringtones. Some notification noises and uh, a preview, a look ahead at what's going to be coming up on the next episode. Um, like I said, you get a ringtone of me going, me interrupting Jeremy all the time. That will be available on patreon.com in case you really want that. That will be going up immediately after we're done recording, so I don't forget to do it. Patreon.com slash TrueBlueRiffCast. 
I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at pbandawesome. You can send me emails, jeremy at truebluerifcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at tbriffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at sugarraydodge.com. Send me emails at dave at trueblueriffcast.com. And we will see you guys next week with a very special guest. Woo! Woo! Bye, everybody. I love you. Oh